This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now... Enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and you can't tell, but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open, but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us, so thanks for listening. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag, episode number 17. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And once again, we are here to answer the questions that you our patrons of the show have asked us. And if you're not a patron of the show, it's a great time to start being one because you get to ask questions on this show to us and we answer them right here for you. And it's a lot of fun for us and hopefully it's a lot of fun for you as well. So yeah, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up for any one of them tiers. What what else do they get if they sign up, Nick? They get a lot of... Every episode, they get a copy of the show notes. They get the ability to ask listener questions every single week throughout each month. They can get bonus questions, bonus can, episodes, excuse me. Bonus they can episodes. Get Skype calls with Skype Nick calls. and Surian Dangerous every single month. Just ask former champ Andy Jessup. He's been doing it for quite some time. It's the best way to support the show, guys. There's a reason we're leaving the ads out is because we depend on Patreon uh, to support and fund and help with the show. So thank you, guys, to all of the patrons that help us do that. And on top of that, Nick, if you're a patron, not only do you get to ask questions, show notes, sweet swags, uh, all the way up to a Skype call, but also you get to you get to participate in our patrons' pick'em challenges, which happens four times a year at all the big WWE shows, and you too can win some swag from that or become the champ, the champion. We've had mm. a few of those champions so far. We just crowned a new one at our last Royal Rumble uh, patrons' pick'ems event. Uh, Chris White, give it up for Chris White, our current patrons' champion. Uh, we're doing that again on rest at WrestleMania. So yeah, lots to do with, uh, if you want to become a patron of our show. And we, of course, we appreciate all of our current patrons. Thank you guys so much. As you said, Nick, they are the grease that runs the wheels of this show and mm-hmm. keeps us doing this. And we very much appreciate it. And also it gives us stuff, something to do on this show because yeah. you guys ask us questions and they're always fun to answer. And Nick, I cannot wait to start talking about them today. Absolutely. Well, guys, real quick, we'll get past the housekeeping. BWOPodcast.com is the shortcut to find links to 
any of the podcast apps that you would like to listen to the show on, or you can subscribe here on YouTube at youtube.com slash open. If you'd like to watch us do it live every single week, uh, and we do that every Saturday here about 5 p.m. Eastern, right after we finish our main show that starts on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Hell, we also stream live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. So if by subscribing and jingling that notification bell, you can get alerted and notified anytime we schedule new events, go live or put up new content. Make sure you follow us on all the social medias. You can find us all there. Links to that in the description below of the YouTube channel. Get into our Discord for live chats all throughout the week as well. So, Ian, let's not waste any more time. We got a lot, mm. a lot of questions to get through this week. Good. So I want to get started as soon as possible. First off, the the is it the inventor? The namesake of the moment of positivity every yes, single week. Man. Mr. Mop Sean man. Clark. In the hopper first this week. Uh, He says, really feel Raw has been turning it around, but SmackDown is feeling so sluggish right now. It's Mm. making me question my positivity, guys. Uh, What's the first thing you would do, each of you would do to turn around the blue brand? Well, for Mm. one thing, less dog food. Um, I I feel like a lot of the feuds over there have become repetitive and they don't, there's not enough personality being shown there. I think one of the things that, that, that's really working with Raw is interesting matchups and personality. And you're seeing a lot of that where uh, you're seeing matchups that you wouldn't have normally seen. Uh, you know, th- th- There's a reason that Drew McIntyre came out of nowhere, um, essentially. like he was, They haven't really been using him for the last couple of years. They spent about two or three weeks having him be a face kind of on the sidelines of, of Raw and in doing so, they allowed him to really show off his natural personality. And I feel like they've loosened the reins on Roman a little bit, pardon the pun. And he's been able to be a little bit more loose. So that's been helpful. But everyone else just kind of feels there. It doesn't have the same connection on SmackDown. As far as something specific to do, I don't know. There's a Nick, in your opinion, do you feel like anything on SmackDown is really connecting, aside from for you, Otis and Mandy? Like any of those I mean, angles on that show? Like the, the Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura thing felt rushed and thrown together and there was no real, there was nothing really happening. Sami Zayn was the only person who had any personality in the whole thing. Sure, but I don't want to over be, be over critical of it because I love what Sami's doing. I love Agreed. What, and, th- and that's kind of, that's the weird conundrum that I'm in because I, I, it's hard to say that you're not a fan of Shinsuke Nakamura, but I mean, what he's been doing recently is but it's it's nil. been boring. There's not there's nothing yeah. interesting about it. And I think that Sean used the word sluggish. That's a really great word for it. It feels sluggish. It feels like stuff's just happening, and there's not really any momentum or motivation behind it. It's just kind of there. Sheamus and, and Chad Gable had another match this week. Okay. Uh, you know, Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin have been doing this thing for months now. And while the matches themselves have been entertaining in the moment, the overall feud's kind of just there. Yeah. And that's just kind of SmackDown in general, is the stuff's just there. Bailey's just there. It, it feels very prescribed. Like, where, 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 what happened to Lacey after Royal Rumble? She wasn't even there this week. Was she out doing some tour? Nobody told us why she wasn't there. We had a bunch of rehashes of everything that happened at the Royal Rumble. Uh, we had some new people come out. We had some things that should have happened at the Rumble happen again or happen here. But I, what would I turn around? 
I, the only real story that you've got going on right now around a title is the Fiend and Daniel Bryan. And that's okay. Yeah. It's not something I really believe in. Like all the people that came before Daniel Bryan couldn't put him down either. Like if the story was about the, if they continued it to be about the Fiend changing people, like make that the story. Not that Daniel Bryan is the plucky little underdog that's going to overcome adversity again. That's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're shifting us on us to make us not talk about the fiend and what he does there. But it's all about, it's all about little underdog Daniel Bryan again. And he's going to pull it off. And by God, he's got, he's going to strap himself to him. Yeah. Daniel Bryan. Yes. Yes. It's not about the outcomes of people that face the fiend anymore. Well, if I were to change anything, I would turn that back, that ship back around because you've I think lost still the line on the fiend. I think there's an opportunity to do that. I think this story was more about Daniel Bryan, you know, not being affected by the fiend, but then still not like still kind of crashing against the rocks that that are the the fiend. You know, like he he broke himself in the rocks. So he, he he flew too high, as I said on the last show. So yeah. I'm not too mad. Of all the things on SmackDown, the, the fiend storyline and Daniel Bryan was one of the few things I was enjoying, and I thought actually had some thought put into it and seemed to have some direction. Um, and that ended up being a really good match at the end of that, despite all odds. So that's one of the things I feel like it's working because there is progress to it. Sure. And I feel like they know where they're going. I don't feel if, like they know where they're going anywhere else. Like no. I, that's, so I guess My point, I, though, is that if they're not careful, they're going to undermine everything they've built up with The Fiend by shifting the focus over to Daniel Bryan being the plucky underdog, and that's just that's not going to work. It has to be about The Fiend. Right. All of the storyline it was about, the last month was about Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan coming back with his head shaved, coming back with, you know, and challenging the fiend, and I'm gonna then I'm gonna strap myself to him, and then then then, then and then it's Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, we're we're being overloaded. That's the one thing I would go back to was making the fiend, and he still feels this way, but the story is not about him and about him changing people. It's not about the Firefly Funhouse vignettes that we got all summer that we all just marked the hell out over we want more of that now you're making it about other stuff yeah but i feel i feel i don't feel like of all the things on smackdown that's not the thing i'm honing in on oh, if sure. that makes sense like sure. i feel of, of anything that's something that if they're not doing it right in the moment overall they've been doing it fairly well if that makes sense i feel yeah. like if you want to if you're talking about overall how do we fix smackdown it would just if, 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 if okay Sean says, find one thing to fix about SmackDown. Sit down and get a, get a game plan. Get a roadmap for, for a lot of people. Because the fact that there's not one right now, it, you can feel it every week. Yeah, Vince it tearing feels, up the show feels, 90 minutes before they start. They go live. It feels it's, directionless. It's palpable. Yeah. It feels directionless. Every week is its own little independent ship, and there's nothing exciting going on yep. in general. In general on SmackDown. So. Yep. Good question, Sean. Thank you for that one. Now, next up, Josh. Who are some favorite? Oh, sorry. Who are some fan favorite wrestlers you just don't really like? For mm. me, it's always been Edge. Now this day, I see clearly everything is cut. Wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm triggered. Triggered. Sorry. Yeah. Triggered. Uh, Charlotte pre AEW Chris Jericho were, mm. were his examples. Who are some fan Wait favorite a minute. wrestlers Hold on. Time you just out. really Time don't Josh. like? Josh, you don't like Edge, Charlotte, and Chris. And oh, this day, oh. I see clearly. Sorry. Damn. Oh. Damn, triggered I got you. triggered again. You got triggered too. Um, I'm actually surprised at that that those. I guess with the, the Charlotte one, I understand. Yeah. Um, I can see how she's divisive, kind of like a Roman Reigns figure. Uh, Pre AEW, Chris Jericho, I can see two 
depending on like which pre AW Chris Jericho we're talking about, because there's been a lot of Chris Jerichos. Um, that is a little surprising, but I guess that's the point of the question. Uh, is I, I but I would I, Josh, I don't know if you want to throw up something in the uh, in the Facebook discussion group. I would love to know your rationale behind not liking them. Um, because it's a little surprising, but you know, fair enough. You like who you like. For example, to answer his question, um, I've never liked Ultimate Warrior. Mm. Now, even as a kid, I couldn't stand Ultimate Warrior. He drove me nuts. See, as a kid, I marked out for him because I thought he was just this like fantastical being, Amazonian kind of thing that came out of the forest and was just this wild creature that screamed really loud. You know, it didn't work for me. He was just, he was it was too much. I was just like, really? eh. oh, yeah, okay. didn't work for me. I didn't I didn't right. I didn't dig it. I didn't dig it. Uh, I thought it was dumb, even as a kid. And as I, didn't an adult, what, I really think it's dumb. I didn't understand what being high on cocaine looked like when I was twelve. But. <laughs> cocaine and roids, right? And exactly. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is, as an adult, I, you know, I've not not only do I think he's dumb, I lost all respect for him because of his uh, social views. Yeah, you know, he's kind of a piece of crap. So that just kind of undercut that is underlined that. And a lot of people still love Warrior and wear the shirts and everything and have fond memories of him. Not me. Uh, also guys that are fan favorites that I just don't, don't care for, uh, Batista, not mm. a Batista fan, was never a Batista fan. In fact, Batista was one of the reasons I stopped watching for a while in the mid 2000s. Cause I just couldn't, I couldn't stand him. He just looked like, uh, just a, just this kind of douchey gym rat. And the fact that he was getting this huge push just didn't connect with me at all. To be clear, love the guy as an actor, um, enjoyed his last little come through, of WWE's retirement come through of WWE. Thought that was fun. Um, has a great entrance song. <laughs> oh. The entrance song is badass. I'll give you that. But it just never, never got him as a wrestler. It just never worked for me. I uh, was never a fan. And then finally, and this one might be the controversial one, Kevin Nash. Mm. Not a, and, and please don't kill me, Kevin Nash, because uh, I know he could. But uh, just never was a fan of Kevin Nash as a wrestler either, and, and certainly not his booking either. Yeah, couldn't t- couldn't tell you why though. Who are some fan favorite wrestlers you don't just don't really like? I'm not sure why. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I'm trying to think of how I want to say this the right way. <laughs> I hate Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Get off the show! You're done. You're fired. Oh no, no. I think it's pretty clear of my markery for The Rock and Stone Cold at this point. It's very clear. How? Do- just Tri- say it. Triple H. Really, his I, I love I love DX as a unit. Yeah, my specific markery was more for the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, if, if, if I'm being completely honest about it, um, much akin to why people marked the hell out for uh, Enzo and Cass. It was about the entrance. It was about the fan interaction. It was about the experience of it all. Um, but I, they were fun in the ring. But I, you got up and you chanted that entrance with them every single sure. week, right? But it, looking back at Triple H, and and I'm wondering if it was born in my markery for the Rock and Stone Cold for loving and, them and yeah. hating the guy that was constantly like going against him, right? Much like people hate the Mister McMahon character for those sure. same reasons. Looking at you know grown up Nick in his 40s, looking back at at the Attitude Era, going wow. He was really good, and he's if guys, if you haven't seen the interviews he's done with Loud, with Gruhamid on Loudwire, I've tried to post them in the group. Make sure you watch those. Talking about him coming up through the business and the formation of FCW, NXT, and all that stuff as well. Yeah. It's really good. His it's interpretation not just, of it's not just about it, yeah. metal music, right? His, right, sure. right. His revisionist yeah. history. <laughs> exactly. Let's be clear. But I, I look. I can absolutely respect the career path 
and the ascension that he has had. And it makes a lot of sense. But it's not without its own story and controversy that we'll probably never hear the, hear the real version of. Um, but yeah, he was one of those that just never really got over with me and his mm. thing and all of this. <laughs> I, you know? it's, that's, it's crazy to me because I was an enormous Triple H mark back in the day. And you can ask anyone who knew me back in like the, you know, 90s, 2000s. Like I had Triple H shirts. Like, I love Triple H. Uh, you know, just a, a, a guy who I thought was a fantastic technical technical guy who could tell a good story, uh, was a great heel, was a great face, listened to Motorhead, like what's not to love? Sure. So I, I was a huge Triple H fan, so that's shocking to me. I definitely got disappointed in him during his reign of terror and I could, you, when you could tell that he was being just a, a political douche. But, uh, I yeah, mean, if, if anyone were to challenge me, I could stand up right now and do word for word the New Age Outlaws intro. Oh, both of us could. That, that's and, not what we're here but to do. That's, that was where my DX markery was, the core of it was. <laughs> right. And of course the, the the chop, but that was a lot of that was you know, looking back on it, I understand the evolution of everything now, right? Uh, and I have mad respect for Triple H and what he did, his part that he played in evolution and moving that forward, and then the NXT FCW and NXT in the early days, I understand and have mad right. respect for the dude. But he was a fan favorite that I just never really no again liked. like I like with me with Batista and Nash, there's lots of things about them that I respect and admire and yeah. and like. But when it just came to in-ring work as wrestlers, uh, as performers, it never mm -mm, didn't didn't work for me. Yeah. So kind of agree on Charlotte as well, but she's she's the best thing in the women's division. She's right the now. no, I don't agree at all. Charlotte is probably the best thing, best women in WWE all around as a performer. Yep. Thank you very much, Josh. Really good question. Really, really good one that makes you think. I'd love to hear what you guys uh, think as well, either in the chat or in the group. Post them up. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's got um, controversial opinions right there. Yo, yeah, man. And listen, Woo. please feel safe to post what you like. Me going out here, coming out here in public, just, live yeah. on the internet, saying I, I was I never, never a Triple H, H fan. I mean, you know. If you, you guys can be civil about it in the group, too. So yes. please do that. Uh, thank you, Josh. Next up, Martin asks Good day, gentlemen and fellow BWOers. Yes. Phenomenal ones. Uh, with Edge returning on Sunday. Who would you like to see return to the ring for one more match? Also, what's the number one dream match you want to see? Number like across the board, number one dream match? I'm kind of gonna get one of mine. I mean, Marty Skrull just booked himself into a match, and Jay accepted. Switch played Jay White at Super Card of Honor versus Marty Skrull. That's a dream yeah. match. That's awesome, but it's, I don't know about a it's, dream match. You're talking about returning sure. to the ring, like coming back out out of retirement. Oh wait, oh. A return. The, okay. Yeah. That's what he said, right? Read, read the question. Second again. question. Also, read, what's the number one dream match you want to see? Wait, wait. Read the whole thing again. With Edge returning on, on Sunday. On this day. I see. Oh, sorry, I got triggered again. Go, go, go. Go on. With, with you know who returning on <laughs> Sunday. Who would you like to see return to the ring for one more match? Right. So who do you want to have come okay, out of so retirement? Let's stop there. Who's okay. the who's the who would you like to see return to the ring for one more match? I you know, I can't help it with all of these people coming back from neck injuries. I've got I I've had to think Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. I have to. You know what I mean? And the last few times we've seen him, he's been in there and he's seems like he's got a ton of energy. He's in great shape. Um I mean, you, can you imagine, like, even if it's just like a 10-minute freaking, you know, legend squash match or whatever, or like a, a, a super slow, 
you know, Triple H Batista style match where it's just it's sluggish, but it's still like, you know, brutal, whatever. Like like the Triple H Batista at WrestleMania. Slow as hell, but still an entertaining match. You get Stone Cold back in that ring. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, we'll all lose our collective minds. Um, yeah. that's, that has to be the first one that I think of, just because it looks like he's still in pretty good shape. He also had to, you know, quit. His, like, his career got ended way too soon. Um, he said that there's no way. But then again, so did Edge. So, so I, Daniel Bryan, too. Yeah, you know, like... If if I Triple wonder fusion edge had and he's st- he's back in he there went, taking bumps. He went and got another surgery. I wonder if Steve's got to be sitting there going, "Hey man, these yeah. kids who uh, these who, kids what can was your do doctor's it. name." Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. And you know if he's going to do that, he's not going to say a damn thing about it. Like, well, you know, I'm trying to get back in there. No, it's just, he's going to be like, he knows how much money is in him suddenly coming back. I don't think he's going to be working a schedule um, like these guys. And you know, he's a little older than Edge, so. You know, a little further down the road, as 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 it were. But I can't, I'm sorry, man. I can't, there's no one in the world who's retired, uh, who I would want to see more come back into the ring than Stone Cold. I um, I kind of got mine for a minute, and it was during Seth's uh, chicken shit heel run. Can I, can I before you say this? I'm sorry. Yep. In the chat, as Esmeralda just had, Esme just had a couple of amazing ones. Uh. She said oh. Andy Andy put Val Venus versus Joey Ryan in her head. Which That's is, good. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Val Venus these days? Well, he's selling weed. He's turned into Rob Van Dam, but he looks right. like hell. He looks like hell. And he's also he's he's out of his mind. If you follow him on Twitter, he's lost his mind. And they, she also said Steve Blackman versus Josh Barnett. <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs> Nipples are full. Um, so I'm going to combine both of mine. Yes, uh, I I really I was sold short. Thank you, Seth Rollins, by the return of Sting. Sting was one of those that yeah was the absolute enigma in the '90s. Like before we had DX and before we yeah. had really Stone Cold at his peak. For me, it was Sting, man. Yeah, everything was about Sting, it's like especially like the Raven gimmick and the the the, the Crow gimmick, right? Yeah, we got the return, and we almost got the dream match. Of Sting and Undertaker at thirty, we were supposed to get it at. They were going to book it up for thirty-one. I think is what it was, but it just it never it never manifested. I would my I would love to see Prime Sting versus Prime Undertaker. Right, but we're never going to get that. It's too never late. Get it. You know, this, this that, he's that, talking about like who wants who do you want to return? I would love to yeah. see even like old old men, you know, like hobbling around, barely able to pull off moves. Even that, I would love to see like sting undertaker like I, I would hate to say it and i'm sure the the build would be great and the match would suck but damn i just want to see the two of them in the ring together once yeah i'm with you man i'll, I'll one I'll, last uh, thing about stone cold i hope one day we get to go back to general managers or commissioners or whatever they want to call it showrunners yeah it all works I, I would cycles. love to see stone cold as a gm yeah I think it's, yeah, I wouldn't much mind it, that. Much like Kurt Angle, the more had, did the it more a you put him on, ago. yeah, the more you get Austin on TV, the happier I am too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what was question number two that he had? The dream uh, match. What's the dream match? Number one dream match you'd want to see? John Cena, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, that's a good one. The oh, two, the two really aces, good. the two aces of the of their respective companies for the last ten years. You talk about Sting, Undertaker. This is basically. In a weird way, kind of the modern equivalent of that. Like Tanahashi is 
the man. He saved New Japan. He's one of the biggest superstars of all time. Uh, and John Cena the same way. Like he kept WWE afloat during a time when they were theoretically in a lot of trouble and was the number of like the guy. Those are the two the guys of the early tens and you know late late aughts. Um, and Tanahashi is starting to wind down. Cena's already gone from WWE. Um, I think they, they, well, I know, we know Tanahashi can still go. And I'm pretty sure if Cena put in some work, he could come back and still work a good match. And we know Cena, like when he's motivated, he can actually wrestle. Um, yeah. th- Jesus Christ, those two. Unfortunately, I feel like most of the U.S. audience doesn't know who Tanahashi is. So it'd be kind of hard to build that. But as an international match, that would just be... Uh, the the that would be it, Nick. <laughs> pull pull down the curtain. One match. The lights. It's no over. No time done. limit. Madison Square Garden. Tanahashi versus Cena. One or match. Tokyo Dome. Or, or Tokyo, Tokyo Dome. Or Tokyo. Yes. I mean, or maybe or, they do two matches. <laughs> <one in> each. <laughs> Guess which one's getting six stars from Meltzer. Anyway, so yeah, that's right. that's my number one dream match. What about you? Uh, well, it would have been Sting and Undertaker, but we never got it. It never manifested. All right. Yeah. Th- thanks, enough. Seth. <laughs> Hey man, takes two to tango, right? Shouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's good question, man. Good one, Martin. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, next up, the champion. Oh, the BWO patron pickums champion. I should properly say, yes, Mr. Chris White. Full title. Thank Full you. Title. Uh, the champ is here. He says. Question for you guys: If Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold never existed, do you still think we have the WWE Network? Ooh. Uh, Wild speculation, but I would say no. Neither Hogan nor Stone Cold. I mean, literally, that's that, that's those are the foundations. What's the context of the question there? To have the number of WrestleManias that were as big as they were with uh, them headlining, or well, also think about would there be anybody else that could have propelled WWE to the level of popularity that they were at? Um, Six million viewers at the height of Stone Cold, two thousand nine, nine million. Nine Wow. Okay. That's the thing. Like it was insane. And you know, without Hogan, we don't have WrestleManias. Uh, without Austin, we don't have the Attitude Era and the insane popularity that that happened there. All the money and all the things that Vince was able to do with that money and the exposure. By WCW. <laughs> By WCW. Yeah. Here's a check, pal. I I'll mean, that's, without those two guys, does WWE survive? Do they exist? And. I don't know. I mean, you had other big stars as well, but those two were the guys that really shot WWE into the stratosphere. You know, does WWE become as popular with Macho Man instead of Hogan? Does it become as popular with Hogan? I'm going to get a little bit of Rock? credit to The Rock as well. I was just going to say The Rock, yeah. But so let's remove Stone Cold from the equation. Would, would the Attitude Era still have been successful with just DX and The Rock and the McMahons? It's, I mean, that's a totally, Probably. Different, as- totally different aspect because Stone Cold was kind of the iconic... Uh, figurehead of the attitude of the attitude era, right? Yeah, you know, the rock was a lot more kind of showy yeah. and what, but that, yeah, exactly. The rebel, the beer swilling, flip, flip off his boss guy that's what put a lot of butts in seats. And he was doing it before the rock came along, and the rock, you know, kept him there, but then he boned out to go do movies. So, does WWE get as popular without Hogan and, and, and Stone Cold? I say no. I say no. I say like like Vince is a smart dude, and he knew like that Hogan guy. I got to turn him into something. You know, it's interesting if you look at the thinking of this from a business perspective. If you look at the numbers post Stone Cold, it's a steady decline over twenty years. Yeah. 
Now, is it as you a said very though? Sharp drop in the early two thousands. As you said, is, 2010s, it, I is say. it one guy? No, it's not one guy. But that one guy's a huge part of it. Yeah, and that's on, on both scenarios. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Good question. Uh, the question though was, does the, do we have the WWE Network per yeah. se? And well, the, that, re- the way that I was reading that question was, is the is, does the network exist to be full of content that's not uh, replays of pay per views? I'm thinking I, more. I still of think WWE, they could have. Does WWE ever, ever, but they don't have the the stroke at that point. Like they're not as popular. They don't last as long without those guys. Like WWE doesn't get to like they don't survive through the '80s to the point they can't buy up all the other territories without a Hulk Hogan. They can't get the TV deals and the 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 huge exposure and have WrestleMania without Hogan. They don't. I don't even. I don't. They don't get to Stone Cold without Hogan. You know, yeah. that's a good point. So, yeah. yeah, it's got like what what are those uh, Evolution games you can play? Like you know, you don't you don't get out of the the prehistoric era. Age right? of Empires, right? Sure, Age of Empires, or like any of the Evolution games. <laughs> You're right? stuck in the Bronze Age, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, Civilization. Yeah. Sure, you don't you don't get out of the Bronze Age without a Hulk Hogan. That, you know, with with uh, you don't ever get to make tanks down the road if you don't get past the age of the age that you know you only have bows and arrows. Yeah. You if you never invent the bow and arrow, you don't get to have tanks. Right. So that's my answer to that question. Good point. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, and. uh the champ is here for sure. Next mm. up, Roberto. I know the WWE women's division is stacked with talent, but what do you think can be done to save Bailey's character? I feel like she's in limbo. Nobody's popping or booing. What do you guys think? I don't even know if she's in limbo. She's very much like a heel. Um, it's more that, and she's kind of a bitchy heel. But beyond that, yeah, she just kind of comes across as, you know, a Karen. <laughs> The kind of woman generic gonna, heel a yeah like, like oh I, my coffee's cold I'm gonna who where's the manager um it's not clicking and I, I I actually funny to answer this question I think it's her performance as much as anything it that's not connecting um, they're not giving her a lot whole lot to work with either to be clear but her performance isn't really clicking as this heel character she's trying to pull off you know the bitter screw the fans kind of character it's you know mopey grumpy it's not it's not clicking and i i actually more than anything else like i said not giving her a lot to work with but i put it more at her feet i can actually her as a performer and that sucks because i do i mean i was love some bailey love, respect bailey but call it a spade a spade and she's not charismatic in this role the way that she needs to be to pull this off Great point. Great segue into what I was going to say. I want to take this all the way back to the draft. The last mm-hmm. draft that we had last fall. September or something, whenever it was. Uh, right before we went on Fox. I think the biggest mistake they made was putting Charlotte and Becky on the same brand. Here's well, they left, left Charlotte in limbo. That's for sure. You talk about limbo. Well, here's why. Becky or Charlotte could carry a brand by themselves. I don't think Bailey can. And I think you took the two top players and put them on the same show, and it's left the women's division on SmackDown to dwindle out. It's it's literally fizzled out. Who else? Who else is there? If if it's not Bailey, then who? Sasha, maybe if she can stay around for more than five minutes. Lacey, well, they had to move her from Raw. 
And they, she they just, just showed she just, us, they just she just got pumped. she just lost her feud with Bailey. Uh, who's left? Na- yeah. Okay, here's Na- Naomi. All right, well, she's a two-time champ. We kind of believe in her a little bit, but she's been gone a minute. We haven't done any work with her in six months. Yeah. Now what? Now what? Yeah. This this ex this experiment has failed. Well, what's what's sad is and 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 Andy Jessup's in the chat and he said uh, you know that that Bailey also wasn't able to go get over as a face. My Agreed. argument my argument with that though was that the presentation they gave her as a face was was the fault there. They did they they brought her up as a strong baby face without giving her any backstory or reason to exist. The whole Bailey storyline that we had in NXT was never explained, and she was brought up as a strong babyface. Then they made her into a weak babyface where she couldn't even beat Alexa Bliss because she was too much of a wimp to use a kendo stick on her. All right? They killed her dead when they brought her up, and then they never resurrected the character. They never gave us a reason to care about face Bailey. Now she's heel Bailey. We had a good start, but then again, like now nothing new is happening, and now I, I lay it at the feet of her performance as the heel. Her performance as a face was, was her bread and butter, but they didn't. The, that's on WWE and the creative uh, of her face character on her face character. There, I don't blame her performance. Here, I blame her performance. Um, and as far as the rest of the women that are out there, like who can you put up against her to make to make her more interesting potentially? Naomi, I think, is a good call. Yeah, you know, you just brought up Naomi. Like this could actually help. I think that there was moments in the Lacey feud that were good, but just flashes of moments. I wonder, given how creative is differentiating between Raw and SmackDown right now, if Bailey would be better on Raw. If, as you said, they did the wrong thing in the draft, they put the wrong woman on the wrong brand. I think Charlotte um, should be on SmackDown on the Fox brand. She it's should bizarre. be the thing. Yeah. And, have, and, and it, was, it blew my mind. Becky was obvious to go over to Raw. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Keep her with Seth. All of that. All those little nuances make sense. Charlotte, man. Yeah. Because she had, I, I, Charlotte I just, wasn't doing anything. Talk about limbo. She wasn't doing anything for months. And maybe that right. was fine. That's what she wanted. You know, go off and spend some time with Andrade. But at the same time, like now, it's to the point where it's looking like she might go face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. That's wild. You know, but then again, would would people, especially people that are starting to get sick of Charlotte, would they have preferred she be on SmackDown and dominating over there again? That might have been yes. redundant as well, as opposed to Bailey. Yes, I don't know. I feel like with the Bailey thing, you know, it it that's hindsight's twenty twenty. At the time, okay, heel Bailey, we have some, we have a chance to do something with her. But the thing is, is they're not they're not giving her enough to do. So maybe it is partially creative's fault. Um, but also, she's not exactly taking the ball and running with it either as right. a charismatic, dominant heel champ. So, yeah, nope. they definitely need to give her some more strong moments, things to do, uh, character dynamics. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful with, this, with, the, with the Naomi thing. They might be able to find something good in that. I think that's a, that's, needs, that's a good dynamic. She needs a, not the exact same thing, but she needs a moment like Becky had the man moment post-SummerSlam. Yeah, where it just she needs that thing that's going to make her believable that she's just a badass. But and look, is not going to lose to anybody. Look at know? how the look at where that came from before that, where they were building up Becky, building up Becky to face Charlotte. She kept winning, winning, winning. We she was on a winning streak. All of a sudden, there was this Becky Balboa thing. Like people started getting behind her, and then Charlotte screwed her out of the out of uh, the title. And she turned on Charlotte. What well, was supposed to be a heel turn, but it was so awesome because of the work they had done building her up. The fans got behind her. 
And then this Bailey's, chick punched her in the nose, and that was just it's nuclear at that fine, point. Fine, but Bailey never had that no. story to get her right. to the point. She never had any kind of build to this character. We didn't see any kind of build to the heel character, and since she's become a heel, there's no build to make her stronger either. Because they screwed it up, and they had Sasha return and attack Natalia, and it should have been Bailey, and it would have set all of this in motion the right way. I called it all back then. It, it, <laughs> when, when, seriously, when Sasha Why came didn't back, they listen to you, Nick? I thought right. they listened to you. They, they, no, they used to. I guess they got, they got tired of Nick booking. You know? <laughs> Every once Enjoy in a while. Enjoy SmackDown, guys. Every once in a while. Oh, Nick booking. Every once oh, in a while. A, a, what do we a, say a down blind, here? The sun, blind, even, the sun even shines on a dog's ass twice a day or something like that. Blind pig finds a truffle every once in a while. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Roberto. I, I love that question. Uh, next up, Will. Do you know any of, uh, do you know of any history or rules that say which tag team sets up by which turnbuckle? My thought is maybe they have always have the faces in the top left so Hardcan can pick up their face emotions and such, but I have no knowledge or logic beyond that. There's no hard or fast rule. There's no hard or fast rule, but there is, yeah, he's actually completely right. It depends on the story that you're telling. Usually the faces are in the back to, to catch the face emotions and the hot tag. Because uh, to, the, to get the, the hot tag, reaching the, out and all exactly. that. Exactly. The faces, yeah. you want to show that they're out there for the hot tag. Um, so that is he's 100% right. Just presentationally, storytelling-wise, yeah, they put them in the far side um, to get that response from you, to, for, to you, for you to be able to, to read on them what they're doing. And then the heels you know, can work on the other side. And uh, also that way, a lot of the match happens in the lower right ha- uh, quadrant of the ring, theoretically, because you're trying to cut off the ring. Um, to the to the good guys, so a lot is going to happen nearer to the camera, um, yeah. and to the camera team who are on the near side of the ring, so they can catch a lot of the stuff that's happening there. So yeah, from a presentational standpoint, absolutely. There's no hard rule. There's no like kayfabe rule about it either. Um, it's just how they said. Go it. watch go watch Roman in a tag match. He's one of the better ones at over emoting, trying to get the hot tag so that he can come in. I mean, all the way back to the Shield stuff that he used to oh, do. Oh, dude, there's there's some those. people that get just wild with the hot tag stuff. <laughs> just. <laughs> It's part of the story. Just whatever you do, don't watch Natalia and Becky teaming up because oh, that's bad. Yeah. And then what you once you crawl into her, she's like <laughs> Becky's having to like hold back because Natalia's right there. Oh God. Good inside best baseball question, Will. Thank you for that yes. one. Uh, next up, Patrick. Uh, what kind of wrestling shows are your favorite to go to? I.e., local shows in VFWs, WWE live events, Raw, NXT, SmackDown, pay per views. I've been to local Raw, One Thousand, and Money in the Bank, and they all offer something different. Curious which you guys like best. I I'll go first. I I love going to big shows and small venues. So basically, like Nick, what you just went to, where New Japan came in, like you had Tanahashi with, you know, eighty people. Yeah. Right. How amazing is that? Um, it's unbelievable. It's it's still fan- fantasy. It feels re- unrealistic. Yeah. No. Seeing seeing a big show in a small venue is outstanding you know uh when we went to the lucha underground tapings and having all these guys literally falling on us (laughs) was awesome going to the the pwg shows where you have international stars like huge international wrestling stars and guys who are now wwe champions and they're falling on you and sweating on you you that's the best um i'm all for the big spectacle i love going to like super big shows whether it's hell in a cell money in the bank wrestlemania you know, the big spectacle stuff is really cool. You feel like you're part of something major. Um, but you can't beat a local show uh, put on by a big company or that they brought in big stars for. Like, that's just, it's unreal. It's awesome. Yeah. 
So no, I'm I'm definitely there's there's a sweet spot for both for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I I I too love the spectacle of going to the big show because I want to participate in the chance, but you still get to see that and the beauty of the smaller venues like the VFWs or the the American Legions, all that kind of stuff, right? The armories like where I just went, the high school gymnasiums, bingo halls, yeah, yeah, all that. Uh, there is a there's an intimacy and something special about that that you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, even the NXT live show we went to a couple years ago, three years ago in uh, Riverside, drove an hour and a half out there to Riverside to go see NXT. Yep. Even that felt special, even though it was a, a larger venue, but it wasn't an arena. No. But it was a larger venue. Still felt special. Like you could still go up to the rail and there's Drew McIntyre coming over to take a selfie with me. Mm-hmm. Like. It's Drew McIntyre. Yeah. And then to have it happen again Monday this week with Tanahashi mm-hmm. and Juice Robinson from Japan. Yeah. Champions. Legends. You know, just it, the intimacy of the small venue is what makes is the appeal of it there. It You're doesn't. You're never going to get to do that unless you drop 250 bucks. For I was going to say, exactly. The, at I was a big the, venue. The, the price tag is also quite nice, too, when you can spend, you know, 50, 80 bucks and the guys are sweating on you because you're so close to the ring. That's pretty right. awesome. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Like I said, like I, I, th- I thought I was going to be able to go up to take over Portland. And frankly, if you're in Portland or nearby, they're selling tickets, decent tickets for like 80 bucks to that still. Like you want to be like up close to like 300, but like there's decent tickets still available for like 80 yeah. bucks to that thing. My problem was just transportation. Yeah. Getting there. But I can I looking at the car they're setting up for that, I can imagine seeing that show. Uh it's in the Rose Bowl, it's like a ten thousand plus venue. Um so in the Rose Bowl. I believe so, isn't it? Oh no, the, the Rose Rose, Rose 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 Stadium. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's no, a hundred thousand people. <laughs> no, not that's the Rose not, Bowl. Not the Rose Bowl, excuse me. Uh <laughs> whatever it's called. The Rose it's uh, Rose Garden. God damn it, Rose Garden. I was gonna say I don't know if ta- I don't know if a takeover event could draw a hundred thousand people. Edge might though. On this day, I see clearly. Oh God, you got me again. <sighs> uh, I th- listen. There's a lot of events that I've I regretfully have passed on, and I look back on it going, God damn it, why why didn't I go to that? Gee, some for some reason I was just lazy or I didn't want to spend the money or and I look back on it and just mad at myself. So I'm at a point now where I'm just like, I want to go to every single thing I can. Uh, we're we're tossing around options right now for what we're going to do for Tampa. Are we going to drive down? Is it it's ten hours? It's you know it's a fun road trip. Are we going to be there? Are we actually going to go to the show? Are we going to do like a watch party in the hotel? Like I, what are we I, like yeah. all those options right now are kind of being weighed up. Um, so more on that soon, I promise. Um, but the uh, the idea that it's right here, pretty much kind of in my backyard in the southeast, is is compelling enough for me to like, oh my god, this might not happen again for a long time. I need to make sure I go to this one if as if I can. Yeah, I've never yeah. been to a WrestleMania. I would absolutely. I need to check that that box at least. You should do myself. it. It's right down the road yeah. from you. You should do yeah. it. You should. They're awesome. Great question, Patrick. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm curious to know what you guys uh, think about what your favorite kind of venue is as well. Next up, Abraham. He says, I love beans. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the better you feel. Let's have beans for every meal. I'm with him. Well said. Thank mm. you, Abraham. It was great, uh, great 
comment there. <laughs> Next up, as oh no, he had a no, question. he's going. Also, uh, name one new. I guess he means New Japan superstar you yep. would like to see in WWE and one in AEW. Okay, why would you place them in that promotion, character wrestling style, couples cheating scandal storyline? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Yujiro Takahashi and Peter in a couple sheeting storyline. That'd be great. Right. Unfortunately, Peter did not make it to uh, the New Beginning show Monday night. That's probably for the. That's probably fortunate, actually. Probably for the best. Uh, yeah, that probably would not gone have gone down well in the Bible Belt here. But. No, no, you can't. You can't bring Peter in front of all those kids. Yeah, that's not going to work. Uh, one New Japan star in WWE. I've said it before. I'd love to see Shingo Takagi in WWE because he's got an awesome, cool. Uh, cool look that I think would resonate with the American crowd, and the dude's a utter stone cold badass uh, who could come in and whoop ass. And you know he's not as tall as a lot of the other guys, but he's big enough that he looks intimidating. The yeah. presence, everything else, I think he'd translate really well. I know, I know he's got no intention of, of ever going there, I, but I've said Shingo would be awesome in WWE. Um, I don't think that they would handle him well, but he'd be great. Uh, also. Um, uh, do, 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 do. I would love to see. I know Son- they've, they've rumored Sonata to WWE before, and that's one I wouldn't mind either. I think they would actually do right by Sonata. Um, just because he's just because he's built the way he's built, I think that he could get over pretty easily. So, hmm. big, tall guy, he can wrestle any style, you know. How about you? What what New Japan uh, guy would you want to have in uh, WWE? It would murder him, and I'm. It's mostly out of just utter curiosity. <laughs> I'd love to see. With we've seen what's happened with Shinsuke and with Asuka. Uh huh. I'd, exactly. I'd be curious to see what Okada would be like. Jesus, it'd be it'd be TNA all over again, man. Yeah. Remember what they did with him in TNA? Oh, they it still would just be out of utter him. curiosity. Could we do better with him? than Shinsuke. He speaks better English than Shinsuke. He does, but I don't I don't so, know if he would translate at all. And I don't mean that literally in terms of his speech. I mean in terms of his presentation. Yeah. Like I don't know if he would if he would translate to WW. I would I would say not. I don't think it my, would my AEW one is a lot easier and it's it's Lance Archer. Well that might happen. He's in high level um, talks. Like he's yeah it's uh, probably I, I gonna hope happen. It does. It's probably going to happen. I'll loosely throw Will out there too. There, yeah. he and B. I think he and, are he and P, B Priestley still a thing. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. No, him and him, Osprey and AEW. Apparently, Jericho talked really seriously with Osprey about bringing him to AEW, and Osprey yeah. essentially said, "I'm not done in New Japan yet. Like I just moved to Japan. Good for him. There's more I have to do here. They're giving me a lot of rope to work with. Um, you know, I'm making strides forward over there." It's like now is not the time to go to AEW, but he did not say it would never happen. And if AEW is still around in five years, Osprey to AEW absolutely could happen down the road. And I think that would be a great place for him, yeah, because he can basically write his own character, which he's obviously very good at, and then have incredible matches with some of the best people in the Western world. So, yeah, Osprey to AEW was was my pick as well. Everything I've read about Will, though, it just says he's so like madly, utterly in love with Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, put wrestling aside, it's Japan versus the USA. I don't like, blame he's him. He's so madly in love with Japan yeah. that he just he doesn't want to do anything outside of New Japan. And he's now committed, much like Kota Ibushi, they've both committed to just being new, new the next New Japan stars. And I, yeah. and I, I think that's fantastic. Um, Lance it- Archer, though, I think we've seen Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. Jake Hager <laughs> come in. 
We the people! Careful, JR. Right. We've seen uh, Jake Hager come in. We've seen Wardlow come in. But they're mostly just goons. And we know why. But I think the AEW men's division needs a friggin' monster. An absolute unstoppable dragon to slay. And I think Lance Archer would come in and be that. And he could be, without the singing and dancing, the the heel version of the Braun Strowman in WWE. Like I, I feel like Lance Archer would immediately get over with that crowd. I think you may get your wish. I think you may get your wish. So keep your fingers crossed, Squander buddy. Wander it. He's amazing. I saw him live on Monday, and I, it's a next level kind of appreciation for just how big that son of a bitch he's, is. He's a big boy. He's that's a, a big, big boy. That's a big boy. I mean, like he would—he could stand nose to nose with Braun Strowman to put it in perspective. They're both six eight. I think he's taller, isn't he? He might be billed as six ten. I'm not hundred percent sure, yeah. but he really is that tall. Yeah. Like you, I could see his pecs as he walked the rail over people's heads. <laughs> he's massive, and we all know anyway, Nick likes his big men. I like them big boys. You like them big men, <laughs> right? Yes. Thank you very much, uh, Abraham. Uh, next up, Esme Hesmeralda. Yes. Hello, Podfathers. I'm taking Hello. it back. To, I'm taking it back, Conrad. Oh yeah. Uh, dumb baby faces are common in WWE. Black hat versus white hat, with the white hat often being duped. Mm-hmm. Have we outgrown this archaic style? Are yes! viewers too dumb to grasp grittier, grittier storylines? No. No, they're not. Are morally ambiguous or anti-hero characters? A horse that creative is just willing to unwilling to bet on. I just find it hard at times to root for someone that can be so vanilla. I, I don't have anything to say, but I agree with you. I so um, have we outgrown this style? Yes. I don't know if we ever really liked this style because having a dumb baby face is dumb. Are are people too are, are viewers too dumb to grasp grittier storylines? Absolutely no. not. They've actually, in fact, they mostly usually gravitate towards it. Uh, grittier storylines, as we've seen throughout history. Uh, and are morally ambiguous or anti-hero characters a horse creative is just unwilling to bet on? Um, no, but Vince does like his top guys to be uh, unambiguously a good guy. But he often has mid-tier guys be more morally ambiguous, more kind of an anti-hero. Uh, what they're doing with Joe and Kevin right now, uh, where they're not really good guys that were like they're still kind of edgy they haven't really lost their edge in this day oh god i, I see him. clearly i triggered him uh sorry. but it's like a reset there i just couldn't control that <laughs> sorry i know manchurian candidate i get it but uh it's they, they're still doing it um to, like to letting some guys be a little bit um grittier uh, nxt for sure they're oh, yeah. they're all NXT's over NXT's like the template of that um, with Ciampa getting particularly edgy this week, Gargano even getting kind of dark, and he's like the baby of baby faces. Right. Um, so, no, I think in general, uh, they're not afraid of, of making baby faces edgy, edgy or, 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 or kind of uh, anti heroish. But definitely, like main roster top guys, he, Vince is going for the kids. And he's going for the more for the parents of the kids who don't want to have to ask. They don't want their kids asking questions. Why did so and so do this thing? Becky's kind of Becky's kind of edgy. She's kind of anti-heroish, isn't she? Yeah, a little bit. You know, yeah. yeah. Especially last fall yeah, when she was when she was bringing the whole man gimmick up. Now gotta, I'm I'm, get, I'm starting to get a little bored of 
what's going on recently because they haven't really. Oh, that's uh, yeah. Short but, attention I mean, span howl the, over here. The three to six months of SummerSlam and beyond of last year was just oh my god. Yeah. Nuclear. So yeah, I, I don't know. I I want bigger storylines. We talk about this with the Hangman Page stuff on AEW. We have no idea where that's going, and I love that for it. Yeah. And but here's the here's you know, uh, yeah. I like I like the ambiguity there. But I guess kind of getting back to my point about baby faces and why they're presented as being kind of, you know, dumb white hat guys is that's how Vince knows to present them. Because, again, I don't even I, I, he maybe he's underestimating kids because I think kids like grittier storylines. I know I did when I was when I was a kid. Yeah. I was gra- I was gravitating towards the Macho Mans and the Jake the Snakes and the Roddy Pipers that um, didn't really care about Hogan or Warrior. Uh, and those were the kind of the more interesting, edgier guys. Uh, so it's, I, I think that kids are sophisticated, whether or not Vince believes they are, who knows, but I, I know he's definitely with, with, as far as the parents are concerned, they don't want to, I mean, there are some parents who are like, <laughs> that's right, kid. Look, here's a fiend segment. Their kid's like, ah, I'm scared of the fiend. The parents are like, no, you're going to watch become a man. Yeah. No, I don't want to. He's scared. You didn't eat your vegetables tonight. You're going to watch the, the fiend. Gonna, the fiend's going to get you. <laughs> right. But there's a lot fiend of Fiend on a that, shelf. <laughs> right. But there's parents out there that don't want to have their kid ask them, like, why did so-and-so do that bad thing? Well, he's not always a good guy. You know what I mean? No, they make it easy. Just make it straightforward. John Cena is always meat and potatoes. Uh, you know, never give up. Uh, Do your you homework. Know, salute eat your vitamins. Yeah, right. Hulk Hogan. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of good guy that you that Vince wants on the Saturday morning cartoons and right. running the top of his shows. But I think I don't think that that's. I think sometimes that bleeds down to the rest of WWE, and it's, it's sad when it does. And honestly, that's led to the, some of the like the, the stuff that we all get driven away by. But in general, oh no, no, I don't think that I don't think that's a trope in general. And thank God, I think everyone gravitates more towards the grittier stuff. So, yeah, by and large, great question. Uh, or was it even a question? Oh, she asked, uh, Nick, can you braid your beard one day? Asking for science, not because I just want to see what it looks like. Oh God. No. <laughs> Matt, remember when Seamus did that? When Seamus braided his beard and for like weeks, everyone, he'd come out and people would be like, you look you stupid. You look stupid. All right, so now yep. you have to. Okay, uh, Esme, I'm just letting you know, there's going to be at some point where it's going to be on the line. It's going to be a bet, and Nick's going to have to braid his beard if he loses the bet. Just saying. Now we know. Now we have something. i tell you what. I'll what? go ahead and throw that down. Oh, yeah? What are you throwing it down for? I've been saying for a year. When we get to, and it hasn't motivated anyone. No, 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 no. It can't be like when we get to a certain point. It's you lose a bet on something. You lose a bet, not like a celebration. This is like you are punished by having to have right. a braided beard. We'll save it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we'll I'm, already, I'm, already, uh, I'm already contemplating. I, I think I know where I'm going to use it on. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm j- I was going to say that whole Nia Jax ringtone thing hasn't... That's still happening. M- well, it hasn't motivated people to get us to 50 patrons yet, so... If throwing in a little beard braiding would get us to 50, mm. I'd be willing. Just saying. We'll see. Not, Everyone, not saying, know just saying. Let, let us know what you think. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Esme. Next up, Marshall asks, Evening, fellas, with Ring of Honor throwing the kitchen sink at Marty Skrull to keep him around, what is their goal and end game? Ever they since the deal. Man. Yeah, he got, he got 
He got paid. Paid. Uh, uh, uh. Ever since the deal, Ring of Honor has been on the up and up, and just want to know if y'all feel like there's more that they can achieve that we didn't think was possible. Um, I, I think a lot of the last year or two was highlighted, and it hit the kind of a crescendo with um, uh, Joey Mercury and Kelly Klein. Yeah, and all of the stuff that, that happened stuff, yeah. over the last few months. I think we're past that, and I think with Marty coming in and sort of not taking over, but taking over, we might be seeing a new era of Ring of Honor start, and we're all excited about that. Because let's remember, guys, all the guys that you like in WWE right now, they all kind of came from Ring of Honor. <laughs> well, I, okay, and, and I think you're throwing out the skeptically optimistic thing here, and I think that yeah. that's, that's, that might be appropriate here. We're like, it's looking like Ring of Honor is now back on the upswing. What's possible with them? We never thought it'd be possible for them to run a, a co-headlining show with New Japan in Madison Square Garden. Now, the problem was, for their end, they shot the bed on that one. They need a redemption. Could they do it again? Yes. Could they redeem themselves? We didn't think it was possible. We were saying, like, they might be sold by this time, Nick. So there's a lot. Like, yeah. Anything that Ring of Honor does at this point, we thought might not it's be possible. icing on the cake. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, could they uh, uh, mend fences with New Japan, maybe mend fences with AEW, um, put on a super show, stuff that we didn't think was possible? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, as you said, I think they might be through the darkest time. Um, and I think that, that, you know, basically giving Marty the reins in a lot of ways or, or making him a big deal and kind of, get, you know, giving him the run of the ship uh, was a brilliant idea. Uh, yeah. Given his connections, given his ability to mend fences, given his ability to, uh, you know, good creative ideas. So I'm, de I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm buying Ring of Honor right now. I'm not selling anymore. Yeah. Very, I'm very, bull very bullish on it. Um, and the, the idea here for me is that it's something that I let go of a long time ago. And I came back to WWE, but I never really made it back to Ring of Honor. Right. And then I, I remember Kelly won the women's championship a couple years ago. I think it was, and mm -hmm. I, she was one of the up and comers really I was really excited about. And then I started looking at it again, and it was like, eh, okay. I'm I'm back at a point now where I, I kind of want to go check it out and like see what's up. Let's yeah. see what's happening in Ring of Honor, and maybe give it a few months of actually watching the weekly programming to see what's going on. So they've they've got the Lord knows they've got the talent. And uh, again, I'm skeptically optimistic. It's early days still, but it feels like it feels like just kind of you know a change in the wind, a change in the direction of the wind. It feels like things could be on the up for yep. them, and that they could achieve things that we didn't think were possible. To answer the question, yeah, true. Thank you very much, Marshall. Really good question there. Um, and if you have some tips and uh, things of, to watch that'll catch me up, please shoot those into the group. Would absolutely love that. Uh, next up, Billy, uh, fellas. Three things. Three. One, awesome watching the Rumble with the Discord. Everyone was just a fan having fun, and I had a yes. blast. Yes. Dude, it was so much fun. If that's not the best promotion for joining the Discord, thank you very much. It was an absolute blast. Thank it you was. guys for showing up and being an absolute awesome part of that. And the good news is, is it happens all throughout the week for all the regular shows, too. Yeah. AEW, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, all of them. We've even got channels in there for Impact, Ring of Honor, and NWA Power. No, that was so, the Rumble was yeah. a really that was a really fun one. I have to agree with him. That was a really yeah. good one. Yeah, everyone was having uh, fun, especially especially when you know who came out. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Number two, what is the sexiest air quotes sexiest move you always love seeing? For me, it's Deep Six. It's oh. just so smooth. 
I see what he's saying. Um, I was gonna say I was gonna say Joey Ryan dick flip, but then I realized what he was right. re- really referring to. Got it. Oh, uh, ooh, hmm. Sexiest move I always love seeing. So for me, the deep six isn't really. I mean, it's like a blue thunder bomb. It's kind of the same thing. It's it ends differently. It's not a bomb, but yes, I know what you're saying. Is. Yeah, I know spinning spinning sidewalk slam. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I it's. Uh, I know what he's saying. I know what he's saying. Like, like Corbin does that move beautifully. Um, I <laughs> Sonata's paradise lock. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Ricochet six thirty. He very rarely, if ever, like Ricochet's a lot one, of stuff. Let's be clear. It's, it's once in a blue moon that he misses the target a little bit but every time he does that 630 he seems to hit it right on the back of his neck top of his shoulders and rolls right up out of it and we watched him do it a hundred thousand and twenty seven times in in lucha underground yeah and the, i'm the same with the black arrow pox black arrow oh that one's good Just, too mm. so um, yeah that's it's probably the 630 for me the uh randy orton or uh gold or D- dustin rose's power slam every time i'm just like oh that's good like, just, oh, that's a good power slam. Esme said, I got to agree with her. Destino! It's so smooth when Naito hits that just right, and it's one fluid motion over into the into the flat, into that uh, side slam that he does. It's, it's like no, it's no Stardust slam. Press, but yeah, I guess it's fine. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Any more you want to call out? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think. Uh, Angel Garza's Asai Moonsault. Uh, mm. I love... Um. Oh, uh, I was gonna I was gonna say Andrade's back elbow, but he's got like eight other moves that are that are gorgeous too. But actually, so with Andrade, it's not a move; it's a sell. The way that he goes over the top rope, comes down on the apron on his shoulders and hits the floor. Um, when he's selling a big move, if you've never seen him do it, it looks like he's dying. It looks like he's dead. But it is just so goddamn smooth the way he he does this sell. Um, that every time I see it, I I you know you're talking about sexy moves. I see it. I go, oh that was oh what a beautiful sell. Yeah. Oh that was good. Um, Hijo de Fantasma's suicide dive. Every time I see that, I'm always I always get a thrill. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. We gotta go. You don't you don't have to name all of them. I've yeah. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna sit here and just <laughs> run down everyone's. Most beautiful movie. Billy's still got another question for us. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Uh, He says, number three, good luck against going in raw. Let's get that going viral and have our match. Good day, and thanks for all you do, my friends. (laughs) Oh, I agree. Thank Thank you you guys for supporting and all the likes and retweets and all that good stuff. Please keep doing that. The more attention that gets, the more it's going to like egg them on to to participate. And I, I would definitely love to defend my title against going in raw from two years ago. Oh, my God. Never, yes, never letting yeah, us oh, live that one down. It, it will be played, and I will do some fun remixes of stuff. I'll, I'll put some Sarah McLaughlin music to something that Steve posts or something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll I'll really start poking the bear if this starts getting some attention. So, thank really? you guys for all your support there. Oh yeah. Uh, next up, Andy. Hey all, I was wondering if you could pull the curtain on kayfabe a little and explain how a Royal Rumble is booked. How do you remember who to eliminate and when? Or does it happen as the match goes on? So this is actually something that that 
I've I've heard broken down in a few different interviews, and it's it's depending on the Rumble. But if we're talking specifically WWE Royal Rumble, it changes from year to year. I know this year. Uh, let me try to remember who worked on what because the the two halves were worked on uh, by different teams. The first half was worked on by Paul and Brock, along with um, Jamie Noble and uh, Lance Storm. And I'm trying to remember who the other producer was on the on the on the first half. Uh, and then the second half, and the finish was all Vince McMahon. Um, but basically, it was all hands on deck putting this thing together. And the talent had some say as well. Basically, you're told as much as you need to know. And most, of, most people who are in it don't know what they're doing until the day of because they're still figuring it out the day of. Sometimes even in the match itself, but this year I believe they had sometimes the, the, the the ref will relay it in, in the match. It during the match, right? Hey, you're out now. And actually, a lot of times the refs will relay it just so you remember who's happening what. So right. basically, you're told you're coming out at this time. You're then going to stay in for this many entrants. You're out at this point, and the refs will remind you, hey, you got to do your big spot and get out. You're going to know general structure of what you're going to do when you're in there, um, unless you're a bigger star and you can kind of improv more. Uh, and as far as once you're in there, it's basically figure out what kind of big spots you want to do. Cody gave a really funny interview this week where he was talking about when he was in the Royal Rumble with The Undertaker. And how, awesome. Yeah, and how he, he was told, okay, you're going to go in and you know, get, your, get your shit in for this amount of time. And then someone else is going to come out, and at this point, you're going to be eliminated. So he goes in there and you know, does a couple things, realizes that the camera's still on him. Okay, I've got to do something. And he sees Undertaker over in the corner beating up somebody. He's like, man, screw it. I'm going to make my name. I'm going to go and have a moment with the big guy. So he goes over there and punches Undertaker in the back of the head as hard as he can. Stiffs <laughs> big the hell loving out of, blow on the just back. Just stiffs the hell out of the Taker. And Taker, I guess, just kind of <laughs> turns around. And he's like, ah, crap. I've done it now. Uh, but then Taker goes and sells for him. He's like, all right, kid, let's go. Drop and kick esen- me. Essentially says, yeah, okay, drop kick me. Cody's like, what? Yeah, dropkick me. He drop kicks him. All right. I'm a, and, I, and it continues. And Undertaker goes and sells for him. He, he realizes the entire time I've got to keep doing stuff with Taker because the camera's still on me. So they're picking me up. But it can be improv to that level when you're in there. So it's kind of wild. I feel like this year was very structured because of how they set up the first half with, with Braun. And you can yeah. feel it get a little bit looser in the second half, more like a Brock. traditional rumble where like, that you get in there and you kind of, you know, you do your stuff here and there and guys are improving what they're doing. Uh, but then at a certain point, you know, you've got you got it laid out for you by the producers. Okay, I, Vince had the the finishing sequence completely laid out. Vince wrote the finishing sequence. The way that it went down with uh, with Drew and Roman, they knew exactly what they were going to do. So there's certain things that are structured that are set up. There's certain things that are wide open, uh, and there's people that are coming in that basically they just know they're coming in at this number. Okay, you go out there, and uh, when the ref tells you, you're 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 out, and that's it. Yeah. So. It's pretty wild, actually. There was also a little bit of scuttlebutt going around. I don't know how if it's confirmed or not that Alistair Black was also in contention to win instead yeah. of Drew. Right. Um, I've heard that from several reliable enough places that I, I believe that was the case. It's probably yeah. just a matter of it's Drew's the chosen one. Obviously, Drew. And that's also point. why they had Alistair coming in relatively so late. It was going to be a matter of if they wanted to keep Drew. I, I think it was something that at the end of the day they were like, look, Drew he's further along. We'd have to work more on Alistair to get him to that point. And I think they're right. They're absolutely yeah. right. They've done yeah. F all with Alistair since they're bringing him up. They got to do some work on him to yeah. get him anywhere close to that level. But the fact that they were even considering him is kind of cool. 
Yeah, it so. lets you know. It lets you know where what are they thinking about. Much like we, I remember remarking kind of the same way when Andrade went as high in the draft as he did. I'm like, oh, somebody's got their eyes on Andrade, and then they dropped his name and all that stuff, right? I reacted kind of the same way when I heard that about Alistair. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. they got plans for that boy then. All right. I hope. I hope. I, we'll see what How they do with this How about you fix his entrance first? How about you just do it right? The entrance, they don't have to fix anything. Just don't screw, keep, stop screwing it up. Oh, Oh, it's so bad. Thank you very much, Andy. And uh, next up, Jacob. Hello, Mr. Howell and Mr. Shop Zone. You bastard. What is Mr. Shop Zone? Oh, he listened to the one episode where I explained how uh, Steve from Going and Raw used to make fun of me back in the day. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, In honor of the Super Bowl tomorrow, you are creating a football team using wrestlers past and present, any promotion. Who are you picking... Uh, one quarterback, one running back, two receivers, one tight end, one defensive lineman, one line. We're we're making a football. Oh my team. god! Okay. I'm making a football team out of wrestlers, past and present. Uh, all right. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. We're running a little uh, long here, so we we gotta do this quickly. Brian Pillman for quarterback. Oh, good one. Uh, good lord. Got uh, let's see, tight end Roman Reigns. Okay. Uh, See, I'd have defensive lineman Roman Reigns. A defensive end, like rushing. Defense. Okay, defensive end maybe. Yeah, that yeah. That, that wouldn't be too oh, bad. Oh, he said D lineman. Yeah. D lineman. Uh, D lineman probably. <laughs> John Tenta. Uh, defensive or, uh, lineman. Let's go. Um, Otis Dozovich. He'd be a better offensive lineman, but he'd be a better all lineman, yeah. Yeah. I need a pretty boy quarterback. Who's the pretty boy? Uh, Tyler Breeze. Oh, Jesus. Or, that's pretty boy. That's, yeah. He's what? He's like 5'10. Well, so is quarterback? Wilson, you know? Don't, uh, Kyler Murray's 5'9. He's not scrambling like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a freak. Um, no, he is. Nobody's watching Arizona. That's the problem. Let's see. Running back, uh, Crash Holly. No, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> uh, or or uh, ooh, Apollo Cruz would be a really good running back with his with his size. I don't know how how good he is at cutting corners, but um, wide receivers. Oh God. Um. Uh, Montez street, Ford. Street problems. Montez Ford. Yes, yeah. you have to have him as a, as a wide receiver. Good God, the hops on that guy. Hops and speed. Yeah, absolutely wide receiver with him. Holy. Uh, God. And on, on, on the other side, Isaiah Cassidy. Like just have the two clones. Like just one, one on each side. That'd be monstrous. No, you know who would be my quarterback? Okada. <laughs> Does he even know how to throw a football? I'm like picking that, dudes that, I know play football. We're, we're assuming they all know how to throw a football. Let's let's just let's like not get tight too end, deep tight in end. There. I was gonna say Baron Corbin or something. Although his knee, I don't know about his knees, but mm. like so, you know something he, he like that. He did play defensive end. He's, he's yeah. A good what, what position end. did Brock play again? Uh, Brock was a he was def, he was on defense, wasn't he? I feel like he was a either a linebacker or a defensive end. I think he was linebacker. Yeah. Here's that's a fun not, fact. That sounds right. Did you know that in that Goldberg was the first guy cut from the Carolina Panthers. Really? In, ni- in 1994. After, after the expansion? Four or five. Yeah, in 95. No kidding. Yep. 
Worked out well for him and the Fun Panthers. Fact. So <laughs> <laughs> worked out real well. Uh, okay, linebacker. All right, I'll use Roman there. I think Roman would be a good linebacker. I could see that. Yeah, he's gonna come. He's gonna come get you. Oh, was it? Um, not my running just, back. Not to use Tomohiro, What was his, what was his name? Ishii is my running back. <laughs> he's like five six. He's just gonna plow right through him and just nothing. Nothing. He's got janky him. legs. Oh, I can't see him being a running back. Man. All right. All right. I, I can't see it. That's fun, Jacob. We love those. You always <laughs> tend to ask those kind of questions. Those are fun. And thank uh, you for I know, calling I, out, Mr. The Shopping. only problem with his questions, I always like wake up in the night later and be like, oh, God, why did I – he should have been there. Yeah. I remember it later. Why did – oh, my God. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's the worst feeling. Yeah. Uh, oh, like, like, for instance, I've got one on the tip of my tongue right now that's, that's killing me. Um, oh, uh, like Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, that's not bad. As a lineman. You know, so. big boss man, big, bo- big boss man. Oh, I'm sure he played. Fo- you know, he played football. Oh, God, that's a big you know boy. Played, you know, he played football back in the day. Come on. All right. Thank you very much, Jacob. Next up, Brandon. Last but certainly not least. Hey, guys, my question is, what are three men and three women cross promotion dream matches you would have liked to have seen using legends and modern day superstars? Two matches I would like to see the Fiend versus the great Muta Lita, and Rhea, Lita versus Rhea Ripley. Ooh. That's a one. clash of styles right there. But that oh, fiend great Muda. I mean, would the fiend sell for Muda? Fiend, <laughs> fiend like, boogeyman. Oh no, that's awful. No, come on, man. That clash of gimmicks. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> something. It's all supernatural, kids. Boo, boogly, <laughs> boogly. Um, all right, women, women. Uh, what? What? How many we're we supposed to pick? Three cross promotion matches. Three each? men and three women. Okay. Um, right off the top of my head, Monami Toyota versus Asuka. Or or Toyota versus Charlotte. Either way. Like mm. the greatest women's wrestler of all time, in my opinion, versus two the of the greatest women. women's current women wrestlers. Yeah. I I've got to automatically go with that. That's um, fantastic. And, and I'll and I'll go uh China versus Jordan Grace. In terms of just like just powerhouse women yeah. match, that would be awesome. Um, and then I've got to I've got to put Bull Nakano in something versus I don't know uh, Tessa Blanchard or Wendy Richter. Ugh, man, that's tough. I don't know. What do you have? What do you have? That's that's my women. Let me let me try and think of my guys. I'm here. trying to think of the big powerhouse unbeatable ones. I'm thinking of a Bruno San Martino versus Brock Lesnar. Oh damn! Yeah. Oh damn! <laughs> oh. Swish. Oh. Um, oh you got I'm me thinking. thinking. Of, I'm thinking of a um, a Harley race versus John Moxley. Uh, no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of somebody more technical. I'm thinking of um, uh, like a Pete Dunn, a Harley race versus a Pete Dunn or something Ooh. like that. Oh, that's tasty. Yeah. Like a, kind of a technical masterpiece, catches catch can masterpiece kind of Well, also just two guys who like working stiff and brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh, 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 oh. Women. I love your China Jordan Grace one. I think that's yeah. that's awesome. That would be that would be badass. Um I'm thinking I mean, we got to see Trish Charlotte. Yeah. That, sort of. that would have been one of them had had that not already yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, I would love to see, I think your example of Toyota Asuka, just wow. 
I mean, Toyota versus anyone good. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. It's Unfortunately, like pre-China, in WWF, WWE, women were used mostly as props, unfortunately. Well, you could go back to the or, 80s. You go back to the 80s where you have, like, you know, Mae Young versus Wendy Richter. Uh, yeah, I mean, Pabas you had the Gula, glow stuff happening, you know, too, in the early yeah. 80s. Yeah. And it kind of fell off. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, Esme in the chat. Uh, Jimmy Snuka versus Pac versus Osprey. Snuka would they would they would just run circles around poor Snuka. They would. I mean, that's not what he go find go find the video of Osprey and Ricochet. Uh, in, from I think it was New Japan Super Battle Juniors. Best, best of Super Juniors. Yeah, that's the one that put them on the map. That's the, they're, just burn, they're just running ropes it's, for like thirty minutes. It's it's, it's absurd. <laughs> oh, they're flying all over the place. That was the whole yeah. thing. Was that pe- that was that pissed off a lot of people because they weren't really. That's where hashtag flippy shit kind of came from. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> exactly. Just the idea that you could do a match and it was all acrobatics. So, um, yeah, got me, got me thought. What other, what other guys, guys matches? Um, I'm trying to think of the, I'm thinking of superlatives, like the best of that generation versus the best of this generation. Um, yeah. Could we see Hulk Hogan at his best in the late eighties versus John Cena in like 2010? You're talking like prime era stuff. Yeah. Prime versus prime. It's kind of like, it's, what's, what's the famous thing? Well, hey, who, who would win in their prime, Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali, right? Like, could they have fought? Mike Tyson. Eh. No, Ali was pretty much out by that point. But uh, in their primes would have been the question. Stone Cold versus Kevin Owens in a stunner off. Oh, God. In a stunner's uh, only uh, match. Ah, me. Who was the, who was, um... Ken Shamrock versus Kenny Omega. Dude. Oh, well, or Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock versus like Brock Lesnar would be really interesting too. Like, because, you know, Ken Shamrock is like one of the godfathers of MMA in some senses. So that would be an interesting matchup. I was actually just, I was going to say, if we're talking about primes, Okada now versus Flair 82. Damn. Like the promos alone, the setup, the, the pageantry. Would be intense. Intense. Damn. That's good. That's um, really good. Esme wants us to, to do the some good by the little guys. Little guys doing little guy things. Marco Stunt versus Nicholas in a WLC match. Jungle Boy versus Spike Dudley. Listen, don't <laughs> the WLC match. Mascarita Sagrada here, versus Jessup. El Torito. Right. <laughs> Oh God! That dream match. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I know. No, there's another one. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna think back later and be like, Oh God damn it. Um, AOP versus Legion of Doom. I would love to see uh, height of American Alpha Chad Gable versus height of uh, like Kurt, Kurt Angle. Angle. Oh man! In a singlet match, you know, just like Olympian yep. wrestlers, right? Yeah. Yeah, like a pseudo shoot match. They can he can wear his funny hat with his hair if he wants to, his little earmuffs, his his wrestling cap. <laughs> his earmuffs. Oh my god, you're fired. Uh, his cauliflower ear guards. <sighs> yeah. No, yeah. good good question, yeah, yeah. Brandon. That's that's yeah. we could just be sitting here for hours on this one. Yeah. Uh, there's that's, so many. That's... You open it all up like that, and there's just so many you can run down and be like, Oh, it'd be great to see this one. So those there's a there's a few to whet your appetite. Absolutely. Think about. 
dream about. Post some more. If you guys think about more, post them up in the uh, Bust Wide Open discussion group because that's yeah, those are the th- ones I, I love to riff on those, and you'll just have yeah. the comments come in. Let's get a thread let's, going. Let's, and you guys are always like, you know, we're just we're coming off the top of our heads right now. I love hearing it comes off the tops of other people's heads too. Like just all the all the crazy possibilities you could throw together. Heavy machinery yeah. versus the bushwhackers. What? That sounds absolutely god awful. That sounds amazing. Are you kidding me? Uh Cowboy and, and at the end, at the end of the match to show sportsmanship, they all bushwhack walk across the bushwalk across the round the ring. Stop. Cowboy Bob Orton and Randy Orton versus Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. Okay, we we could sit here and do this all day. <laughs> we got to get right, out of here because I right. can smell dinner cooking, and uh, we're way over time. But thank you guys so much for all of your amazing questions. Se- I think we had 17 of them today. Nice. Thank you, Love guys. You guys. Hey, Patrons yeah. showing up for the mailbag. Mm, mm. Uh, guys, if Love you're it. listening to this or watching this on YouTube, head over to BWO Podcast. You'll find all the links for all of our social media there or on YouTube right here in the description below. Make sure you're in the Facebook group and in our Discord and follow us everywhere else you can find us. And subscribe to the podcast here uh, on your podcast app of choice and well as subscribing on YouTube. All of those things really help improve our exposure and our visibility to the greater wrestling community. And we love you guys for it. Massive shout out to everybody that is a patron and thank you guys for continuing month after month to get all of these questions in every single week. Give us some of your hard-earned dollars every month to help us continue to keep this show going. We love you guys for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DatacenterDude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.